con artist plan to fleece an eccentric family using an accomplice who claims to be their long-lost uncle. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood, Childhood. a weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bifocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. That is us, and I'm Ashley. I'm Ryan. You are Ryan. That is correct. That's (laughs) fascinating for anybody that's listening that's never listened before. We're a married couple. Yes. We have an extensive movie collection. Faux show. And we want to see if... Our childhood memories of movies hold up to our adult opinions. Yeah. And I feel like when we started this, I I just wanted an excuse to watch some of our DVDs that have kind of been collecting dust in our theater room that we eventually changed to a guest room because that's what adults do. Yeah. yeah. Sadly. Sadly. Um, But this movie, the 1991 classic, Adam's Family, is one that we actually don't own. Do we own Adam Adam's Family Values? I don't think we do. Oh, that was my favorite. I know when I was a kid, we had it on VHS. Uh-huh. And I do know that my mom really liked it and bought it on DVD, which does us no good. But I know that it was a movie we really enjoyed as a yeah. family. That's interesting. Yeah. Good story, right? Good yeah. story. I'm not saying that sarcastically. No. It was one that we saw as a family. I don't remember seeing this in theaters at all, so I don't know when I saw it. I have no memory. I I mean, I have memory of watching it several times, but I have no memory of where the first time I saw it. Um, But before we start discussing that stuff, Mm -hmm. hit us with some 1991 facts by going down Memory Road. Memory Road. Uh, The movie was released on November 22nd of 1991. It went over its $25 million budget and had a budget of $30 million. Darn. But it did end up grossing $191.5 million. So it was crazy successful. Damn. Popular TV shows from 1991 were Roseanne, Murphy Brown, and Cheers. The number one song the week the movie came out was Mariah Carey, Emotions. Oh, no, actually, I correct that. It was Prince and the New Power Generation, Cream. Noise. Yes. Other popular songs were Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch featuring Loletta Holloway, Good Vibrations, Madonna, Justify My Love, and CC Music Factory, Gonna Make You Sweat. Everybody dance now. Those are some hits. Yeah. And then uh, popular movies, Silence of the Lambs, City Slickers, and Hook. Nice. Yeah, 91 was a really good year for movies. Why did I think Hook came out in, like, 95? Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. I knew, I thought it actually came out before 91. Oh. I knew it came out in the 90s, but I always thought it was, like, 94, 95. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. But, anyway, you said you watched this with your parents. We kind of skipped over our platform once again. It's what we do. Um, yeah, I remember going to see it in theaters, and then I remember, ironically enough, buying the VHS from McDonald's. That is something you can do? 
McDonald's had partnered, and I actually saw it on the Wikipedia, so it brought back memories. McDonald's partnered with Paramount Pictures uh-huh. and was selling the VHSs at an ultra low cost. Huh. And the movies were Wayne's World 2, I want to say it was Field of Dreams, Adam's Families, and then there was like another one. And I want to say they were like $3.99 for the movie. Oh, wow. Which is insane because That's... it was a relatively new movie and you're getting it dirt cheap. Yeah, that's a steal. Yeah. I don't remember that, but I do vaguely remember, and I don't know if it was for this movie or the sequel, Mm -hmm. toys. Oh. Like little, maybe I'm just, I don't know, making it up. No, I don't. It would be the first time I made something up in my head, but (laughs) I feel like there was like little like figurines of each character. I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, it it seemed like back then... Every movie had toys. Right. I remember there was Hook toys. There was Robin Hood do. toys. We just don't buy them because we're adults and we don't have children. This is true. But I, I feel obviously the superhero movies and Star Wars movies get them, but it seemed like back then more obscure. Uh, not obscure, but. It, it was totally different because yeah. movies were a bigger deal than they are now. Yeah. Now it seems like nobody really wants to go to the movies unless it's a big name movie or a big sequel yeah because uh why leave your house it seems like a lot of work i was gonna say it seems like every weekend you'll look at the box office report and it's for the year the movie box office is down 10 percent. that's been going for years now i think it's funny uh, we kind of talked about this last week with uh martin scorsese kind of trying to put down Marvel movies and Jennifer Aniston. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like she was trying to put them down as much as saying, like, she probably wouldn't be the type of actress that would do that because they've never offered her a role. Yeah. But I just think that our whole movie industry is completely different than what it used to be. And, and it has not really so much to do with Marvel, but so much to do with the fact that we have streaming services. Movies are expensive. Very expensive. Especially for families. We've talked about it. Yeah. On average, probably 15 bucks a ticket to go yeah, to a movie. For sure. I mean, there's ways you can get discounts and you can go to matinees, but even matinees are ridiculously priced now. Yeah. And you can't just blame one thing. No. For the whole movie industry changing. It's, it's tiny little things. We, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I can just wait a couple months and then it will be on Netflix. We talked about how when we first started dating, we would go to a movie just about every week. Yeah. And now I think it's coupled with the movie selection out there sometimes yeah. is not the best price. And like you said, you can just stream it within a couple months in a lot of cases. Yeah. And our I think our tastes as adults have definitely changed. And this is something we've discussed on this podcast is there's times where movies just don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, they're so inconceivable that I almost don't like watching them. But along as unless it's something like... Sorry, I'm fumbling over mm-hmm. my words. Unless it's something like Marvel or something that's fantasy that you know... You're setting yourself up for the unbelievable. Yeah. Something that's not realistic. So then I can go along with the plot. But if it's supposed to be based in realism and then there's things that happen, then I'm like, that doesn't happen in real life. No. Then... Yeah, it totally takes me out of the movie, so. But anyway, tangent over. <laughs> like I said, I don't really remember much from this movie other than watching it at home, probably renting it, mm-hmm. and 
thinking, obviously, Wednesday Adams' goals, not just because she's Christina Ricci, but because she just is a badass. Yeah. And being a little scared, but then realizing, like, oh, these people are not the scary ones, and they are actually pretty entertaining and interesting. Yeah. Also, I will say, I confused the Adams family with the, the Munsters. Monsters. Yep. I did, too. Mm-hmm. For sure. Till did I they was... make a Munsters movie in the 90s? I don't know if there was ever one that came out in theaters, but I know there was a TV movie. Okay, that's that what they I'm thinking made, of. And I know they were going to do a reboot on it a few years ago with Jerry O'Connell playing oh. uh, Herman Munster, and it got canceled, and they just put it out as a like a TV movie. Oh. But. Huh. Yeah, I I would say I was definitely always more of an Adams Family fan i don't know that i've ever seen the adams family tv show but i would compare the movie to the munsters tv show and i liked adams family way more i will say i've seen a couple episodes of adams family and i used to watch the munsters a little bit like it was in syndication Mm -hmm. when i was a kid and i definitely liked the munsters tv show better okay but obviously this movie and the second the sequel i really loved yeah a lot when they were in summer camp. I think we kind of discussed it when we had our heavyweights episode. Yeah. Because that was one of the things that gave me camp envy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I remember parts of this movie, but I think I'm confusing it with the second one. So, And it's been a really long time since we've seen this, or since I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to, to watch it. I don't know the last time I watched this. Yeah. It's been a good 15 years or so. Maybe even more. Yeah. Are you doing, like, you forget how old you are, math? I do that all the time. Like, it was, like, ten years ago. And I'm like, wait, no. (laughs) I'm thinking about something in high school that was more than ten years ago, actually. (laughs) I was doing the math of, I've lived with you for a long time. Yeah. And I know we've never watched it together. That's true. So it's been a long time. Yeah. For sure. So do you think it's going to hold up? I think it's going to. I remember really liking these movies both of them. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say Raul Julio was one of the first actors. I remember knowing the name of the actor and then being really upset when he passed away. Aw. Like, I remember that. Yeah. And like you said, the kids, I remember being good actors. We've watched a couple different Christina Ricci movies for our podcast, and they can carry their weight in the movies. So I think it's going to be enjoyable, and I think it's going to hold up. What do you think? I agree. Because most of those reasons, Mm -hmm. I think what I can remember from the movie, it's going to be enjoyable. It might be a little cheesy. Yeah. And maybe I'm letting my childhood memories cloud my judgment, but I do think overall it's going to hold up. They still show it on TV Mm -hmm. every year on Freeform slash ABC Family Mm -hmm. for their Halloween 30 31 days days of of Halloween. Yeah, something like that. I like how you're judging them, but you call this our... Halloween spooktacular. So... Yes. No, they're, no, I liked their whole thing. Oh, okay. But that's actually how we're watching it today, because we, like I mentioned earlier, don't own the DVD. So we are going to watch it on the Freeform app, which you can download and use if you have a cable subscription or somebody that has a sign-on. <laughs> uh, you can... Uh, access a bunch of movies and TV shows from their app and cast it on your TV if you 
have the capabilities. Mm -hmm. Other than that, the movie is also available on Sling, if you have Sling subscription. And you can rent it on pretty much everywhere, so it's accessible. Yeah, definitely. Or if you're cool, then you own it already. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, worth mentioning that Ryan did pick this movie, and the cartoon version just came out this weekend, right? Yeah. My brother said it was decent. I was going to say. And the kids liked it. I would assume that this would be very easy to find in stores right now. Because of that exact reason, the and it's animated Halloween. Era Halloween. Time. Yep, I said Halloween era. Yeah, so awesome. So we will go ahead and hit the pause, pause, and go watch this childhood masterpiece, and come back and talk about it. Okay, bye. Hey guys, it's Ashley and Ryan, and we just want to tell you something super, super exciting. We're going to tell you about our new podcast that we're starting. Yes, it's going to be called Ruining Our Childhood Presents. Are we still afraid of the dark? Question. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a weekly podcast that's going to come out every Saturday where we rewatch the 1990s classic TV show, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes, the Nickelodeon classic. Yes. And it will be starting on November 2nd. Yes. That's Saturday, November 2nd. Just search your podcast app. It's going to be a separate podcast from Ruining Our Childhood, but we'll still be doing Ruining Our Childhood, so don't worry about that. Mm -hmm. Check it out. We're going to be pretty much making fun of a childhood classic and ruining our childhood. Exactly. That's what we do. It's what we do. Check it out November 2nd, and we'll talk to you guys later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, and we're back. We just finished watching The Addams Family, and now we're going to go ahead and break down our movie, like we always do, with our categories. And the first one we're going to go with is a little category we like to call Well Hello There, where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors and actresses that we forgot were in the movie. Who did you notice? The first one I noticed was Dan Hayata. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say his name? I think so. Hayata, maybe? Yeah. The one thing I remember him specifically from was Clueless and the First Wives Club. Okay. And he was also in Gotham uh, more recently. What I remember him from was he played Doug and Steve Butabi's dad in A Night at the Roxbury. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah, I just definitely. named a couple of things that I specifically... He played Cher's dad mm-hmm. in Clueless. And then he played, I want to say, Bette Midler's wife in First Wives Club. So... Very nice. Yeah. Uh, I recognize Dana Ivey. She played uh, Dan Hydea's character's wife in the movie, Margaret Margaret Alford. And she was in Home Alone 2. She was in another movie we reviewed. We just, I couldn't find it. Yeah. She has a very long IMBD, but there was another movie that we did that she definitely was in. She didn't have a big part. Yeah. Um, She was, I did see that she was in Ocean's 8, though. Really? Yeah, more recently. Okay. I just, I like to name the... Most little, recent? Yeah, yeah. too, mm-hmm. so that... Yeah, just from, I personally always will remember her as the concierge desk employee from yes. Home Alone 2, but yeah, she was definitely in a movie we reviewed. There wasn't a ton of other ones. Um, I did put Christopher Lloyd. Of course, I remember he was in it, but I just wanted to uh, talk about the fact that it blew my mind when I was a kid that 
when I realized he was the same actor that was Doc Brown. Yes. Because he looks completely different. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if they have him in a fat suit or something that makes him look a little shorter and huskier. I think so. And he's probably not that tall because if you think about it, Back to the Future, he was opposite Michael J. Fox, who is pretty short. Mm-hmm. So I just always assumed he was a slender, tall man. Mm-hmm. But then in this, he's seems short and stocky and it just blew my mind that it was the same person when i was a kid i had the same reaction when i found out he was the bad guy in dennis the menace yeah because he's kind of tall and slender yeah and the prosthetics they use Mm -hmm. he looks totally different that's a good movie yeah oh that is a good one um another one that i noticed where they were just kind of the main cast but and i didn't know this until the other day but the person that plays Pugsley, his name's Jimmy Workman. Uh-huh. Uh, but my brother had informed me that that is Ariel Winter. That's her brother. Yeah. From Modern from Family. From Modern Family, yeah. I did not know that. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I, I did see that he doesn't act anymore like he retired from acting. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what he's doing now. Other than having a pretty famous sister. That could be it. <laughs> that sounds like a great job to me what's your career well i don't do much but my sister is pretty famous i'm sure he does something another one that i noticed was uh ryan houlihan which i did not know his name i had to actually look it up he plays lumpy adams (laughs) one of the cousins he has a hunchback he has a hunchback yes and he i recognized right away he was one of the nerds um saved by the bell Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Yeah, for sure. I, I noticed him. And then they did have a Sally Jesse Raphael cameo, which mm-hmm. is kind of a dated reference. Yeah, definitely. Slash cameo. So I, I decided to put it here because it was very relevant at the time because she was a very popular talk show host. Mm-hmm. And it's in the part where uh, Gomez is pretty depressed and he keeps calling the show. <laughs> and she's she's like, just like, stop calling. <laughs> yeah. She blows them off. Yeah. I think that was it as far as uh, the cameos. Obviously, the main stars are Angelica Houston and Raw Julio. Yeah. But yeah. The only other person I wanted to mention was Whit Hertford, which mm-hmm. played little Tully Alford, which is Margaret and Tully's son. Mm-hmm. And I thought he looked really familiar. And he's been in a bunch of stuff, but he was in Full House. And he was in an episode of How I Met Your Mother, apparently. And he does a lot of voice work. So I finally figured out who I thought he was, but he is not that kid (laughs) is I thought he was one of the little kids that goes to visit Santa in Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, okay. He looked like him, but I don't think the age matches up, but maybe it was a relative of his because I thought it really was that kid. That was all I had. That was all. Same category. Mm hmm. So we'll move on to kids would call it a throwback. We call it the prime of our teens. And if this is throwing you off, we're, we changed in the categories. We're yeah. trying something different. Yeah. We and shifted, also, shifted also, we something. don't like saying the other things that we don't usually say, like introduce a different category that I'm not used to. Mm-hmm. It threw me off the last episode. Yeah. So. It was weird introducing two categories in a row. Yeah. So we rearranged it. It should yeah. be working now. Yes. So right now we're doing fashion choices, offensive jokes, dated references. What about the fashion? I didn't notice a lot of fashion. They're obviously very gothic. Yes. I did like how Gomez, a lot of the movie, was wearing like a crushed velvet smoker's jacket. Like he's Hugh Hefner. And he had an ascot on. 
He pulls it off, man. He looked very, very swaggy. Honestly, he's probably the first person in pop culture that I noticed wore smoker jackets. Yeah. Maybe when I was younger, I thought, that Hugh Hefner guy's stealing Gomez Adams' <laughs> fashion choices. He robbed his closet. I, I did note his amazing different smoker jackets that he had. Mm-hmm. And then I did like Margaret was very old school and she always had a brooch and like a lace scarf. Yes. Um, Margaret is uh, Dana Ivy. Mm-hmm. For anybody that doesn't remember, spoiler alert, you'll remember because she marries Cousin It at the end. So, yeah, that's how I remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, I thought Cousin It was a girl just because... The voice was high? The voice was high and the long hair. Yeah. But uh, the first time he's on screen, Gomez is like, It, you old man. Yeah. You're like... So you weren't paying attention. I was not You were probably so enamored by the fact that he was covered in hair. And yeah. Yeah. Had a weird high voice that you couldn't understand. Yeah. He's almost like Beaker from the Muppets with that voice. Yeah. I will say I loved all of Wednesday Adams' outfits. I wish I could rock them now. I mean, I probably could. Yeah. Let's be honest. But she's really fashion goals and life goals for me. So. <laughs> okay. She was life goals. You yeah. said that multiple times. She's About hilarious. Christina Ricci. Yeah. In general. So, yeah. Lindsay Adams is hilarious. Yeah, no, Lindsay she Adams. she was delightful. Did you have any other fashion choices? Just the uh, one thing I noticed in this whole movie, obviously, is set in the house primarily, so there's not a lot of outside stuff, but there's one scene where they do go to Wednesday and Pugley's school to watch a play, which mm-hmm. they put on this wonderfully graphic play, <laughs> Blood Everywhere, but Wednesday's teacher is talking to Morticia, mm-hmm. and she has this floral vest that it looks like a grandma's curtains from (laughs) the 1980s and it was very very 90s and it was probably the only outfit i would say that was specifically 90s because even the outside the family characters they kind of were classic Mm -hmm. or they wore something that fit their character but it wasn't oh that's from 1990 it was just that's very true very classic clothing yeah, they weren't wearing any crazy Zubaz pants yeah. or anything like that would that would really date anything. So yeah. Did you have any dated references? Um, you talked about earlier how Gomez would call into Sally Jesse Raphael, but also Morticia is trying to get him to leave the hotel, and he doesn't want to leave because he doesn't want to miss Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> He's like Gilligan's gonna be on. He's a broken man yeah. in that scene. Yeah. He's very vibrant and full of life. Mm-hmm. I kind of forgot about the, about his character. I don't know why. Yeah. I think when I was a kid, I really focused on the kids mm-hmm. and what they were doing in the movie. And I watched the other scenes, but they didn't resonate with me as much as the kids' scenes. No, that's very true. Because I remembered when some of the scenes would happen with the kids, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say the fair majority of the scenes with the adults, I, I did not remember, except for, like, the dance scenes. The dance scene and then the beginning sword fight that he had with his lawyer, Tully. Yes. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. I remember always thinking, he's so crazy, but he's awesome. <laughs> I, I did notice that Granny, the character of Granny, was w- reading A Joy of Cooking cookbook mm-hmm. and to me that's kind of a dated reference because i think it was very popular in the 90s early 90s my mom had one uh-huh. and she was also reading gray's anatomy yes at the same time <laughs> at the same time she wanted to apply she's an innovator yeah with her cooking 
Very true. Another thing that I did catch it was kind of a dated reference. Fester's bedroom wall had an Alcatraz pennant. I, just, I noticed that, yeah. yeah. Kids would have their sports team or a vacation destination. He has an Alcatraz pennant. It was really nice. That's funny. I did notice when they do get kicked out of their home, spoiler alert, because the whole premise of this is that there's a con artist and her son, air quotes, that is trying to trick the family into thinking he's the long lost brother, Fester. Yes. He basically gains control of the house and kicks them out. Yeah. And they're in the hotel and in the street, there's a billboard for Tombstone Pizza, Mm -hmm. which obviously is still around, but it was just such a 90s ad and I don't really ever see advertisements for them as much anymore. It's just, to me, it's like pizza, it's cheap, tastes (laughs) decent for what it is. For $2.99, it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I had other than the Sally Jesse Raphael, which we've talked about, so... Mm -hmm. Not a lot of offensive jokes. No. Uh-uh. I mean, it's, it is a kid's movie. Definitely. So. So we'll go ahead and move on to our next category where we talk about some technology. What pieces did you notice? There wasn't a lot. No. Because obviously this family, you, like you said, are gothic. They're not sitting there watching TV or really using any technology. The only thing I noticed was when Gomez takes Fester down to his vault, mm-hmm. they get into a boat, and the boat has a record player. Yeah. I noticed um, it's kind of a piece of technology, but at the very beginning, they have a haunted house-style cuckoo clock, uh-huh. which was kind of really neat, actually. Yeah. I was like, I want one of those. I saw Lurch playing a real old organ. Yes, for sure. And then they were uh, in the scene I thought about when they go into the vault, he shows him old home movies mm-hmm. on a projector screen. Yeah. But the old film reels. Yeah. Made me think child. of um, Christmas Vacation. Yeah. When Clark's up in the attic. When they get evicted, everybody tries to find jobs. Yeah. And Thing takes a job in an office building, and he's pulling around a wagon delivering packages from Federal Express, but he goes, you know, blazing through an office building, and it's just a collection of old 1990s computers Yeah, running, like, MS-DOS programs and stuff. What kind of programs? MS-DOS? The way you said it, you're like, MS-DAS. DAS. You said it German. I did want to talk about, in this category, the CGI. It varied. It's funny because one of the first scenes was Thing running around the house, and I thought, this actually looks pretty good. It doesn't look too green screen. Mm Mm-mm. It looks nice, but then there's other scenes where he's doing stuff, like jumping from lily pads that looked really, really shitty. But, I mean, we can't fault it. It was 1990. Yeah, that was really bad. Calm down. Specifically the scene you're talking about where he's jumping from lily pad to lily pad. I did like when he's trying to communicate to Gomez that Morticia's in danger, and he's talking in in sign language. Yes. And Gomez is like, you know, I can't understand you when you stutter. <laughs> that was funny. And then he broke into Morse code. Yeah. And, ta- and I was like, there's a piece of data technology. That's true. Yeah. Not a lot of people know Morse code. No. Um, and then the hurricane CGI was pretty, Ooh, pretty bad. It was really bad. It's at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, it's actually Fester. Gordon is Fester. Mm-hmm. He just had amnesia and this lady took advantage of him. And 
he opens up the because they're books apparently or whatever they say, which to me is kind of Harry Potter ish. Yeah, but I guess this came out before Harry Potter, but that's what I think of. Mm-hmm. You know, it's magic basically, and he opens up a hurricane book and pushes his mom and uh, the Tully, Tully out of the house, mm-hmm. and it was just really bad CGI. Yeah, I wish they wouldn't have incorporated that scene or come up with a different way to get rid of Tully and his mom. Yeah. Because that cheesed up a movie that really wasn't that cheesy. Yeah, because that's my thing with some of these older movies is you can tell when a movie takes the time, makes... Like, most of this in this house is really nice. Mm -hmm. You could tell it was built. It's not green screen. Yeah. The slide that they have to take down to the vault, which, you know, that's always going to get me. We've talked about it in various episodes. I immediately thought of Casper. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wish I had one of those too. Yeah. A secret vault in itself is cool, but mm-hmm. then you add slides and yeah, various book. booby traps. Yeah, a book on a bookcase that yeah. opens a I secret mean, passage. That's just the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. But I think overall the movie did a good job about keeping things very timeless. There wasn't a lot of, you know, references to the, what day it was or what yeah. time it was. Mm-hmm. Because, and they didn't really have technology around, so... For the most part, there was a couple things, but yeah. it kept it pretty classic. Do you want to move on? Yes. Or do you want to talk about some soundtrack? I just had two songs, and they were some goodies. Hit me with them. They had a little MC Hammer, Too Legit to Quit. They like hey, their MC hi. Hammer. Yeah. And then the other one was also by Mr. Hammer. The theme song? Yes. That's To me, that is quintessential 90s especially children's movies, is they had a theme song. And it was by somebody that was really popular at the time. Mm-hmm. And that is the one thing that dates this movie the most, is the fact that their closing song is by MC Hammer. Yep. And me and you talked about it. It's probably the whitest rap, I'm putting air quotes, song in the world. And I jammed out to it. Oh, man. I was five. It was sweet. I did some Running Man to this, which you can imagine I probably couldn't do very well. (laughs) I was a master at it. And what you were saying about how kids movies like this, the one that came to mind other than this was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. Little ninja rap. Go ninja, go ninja, go. By Vanilla Ice. Oh, geez. Awful. Yeah, for sure. And just a side note, I remember... When MC Hammer was at the height of his popularity, my brother for his birthday got two copies of his album on cassette. Wow. And then, I mean, obviously, I think he took one back. I would hope. And then flash forward to when he was in high school, tried to deny that he ever owned them. Wow. I was like, dude, you got two copies on your birthday. We had... Definitely had the first one, and we had a second album, because I remember the first album had the Can't Touch This, second album had Too Legit to Quit. Yeah. I, one of my brothers had, I don't know if he had both of them or whatever, but I do remember my other brother definitely had Vanilla Ice to the extreme, and you can tell it made an impression on me, because I remember the album name. <laughs> my mom owned it. It was a jam. So. I'm like, don't don't deny it. Those were some good songs. Eh, okay. <laughs> um, and then also, I did want to talk about the score, especially in the beginning. 
it hit me. You know, it's like one of those things that just, it's just like a instant memory of mm-hmm. your childhood is hearing a specific song, especially if it's a movie that you rewatched a lot. Yeah. The score, it it's like seared into my brain. Mm-hmm. It, it was amazing. So right off the bat, I was like, whoa. Yeah. I remember this. Some good music. Yeah. Do you want to move on? Yes. The next category is called, Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot and mostly plot holes, as well as the funniest and cringiest moments and whatever else we want to talk about regarding this movie that we haven't already covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think about the plot? I think if I hadn't seen documentaries where this has <laughs> happened, I would think this is very unbelievable. But we have seen a documentary where a guy tried to infiltrate a family claiming to be their lo- kidnapped kid. I just want to tell you, uh-huh. I literally wrote that exact thing. I said, I would think it's crazy that somebody tried to convince their family that they were somebody else or they were the person that was missing out of their life. Mm-hmm. But we watched that crazy documentary yeah. about that guy from Italy or France that yeah. pretended to be some kid in, missing kid in Kentucky. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. And so yeah. I'm like, in that sense, very believable. Very believable. Maybe he learned that idea from this. Maybe. And then he was secretly hoping that he was the real person because yeah. that's the only slightly inconceivable thing about this plot is he actually turns out to be Fester. Yeah. And I love movies that use amnesia as a major plot point. I remember in Full House when Michelle gets amnesia. Isn't that on the final episode? Yes. Yeah. It's very disturbing for me as a child. Because it was also the one time where they had the Olsen twins playing different characters at the same time. They were on screen together. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they had that. I think they had. Oh, oh when right. the uh, Jesse's family came yep. and there was the her cousin. Yeah, you're right. See? Don't mess with me. I'm Full House fan. Hey, obviously I was a Full House fan. I, if know, I remember it was like... a series finale where she gets am- amnesia. But I agree. But I, uh, this is me and Ryan psychically linked. Sometimes <laughs> yep. we think of the same things. Did you have any plot holes you wanted to discuss? Let's no, go just, digging. I thought Curse. it was dumb. <laughs> Let's go digging. I thought it was dumb that it they hatched this great idea that he's going to be her, he's going to fake to be Fester and infiltrate the family to get their riches, but you don't know that your son isn't actually your son? She knew. Yeah. So why would you hatch this plan? The way I perceived it was that she's a con woman. Mm-hmm. So she found this guy, hit his head. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess he was a young man at the time. He yeah. was probably like late teens early 20s yeah because when uh, he left home yeah because gomez has videos when they they were probably like 12 yeah mm-hmm. and she uses him as her son to mm-hmm. basically be her muscle because yeah. again he is kind of a husky guy mm-hmm. slight psychopath slight and i think she she tricked him into thinking that he was really her son and she stuck to that until the very end when she said i shouldn't have even bothered picking you up or where I found you. you Yeah. So I think she was doing it on purpose, but thinking that he would be a tool in her her mini cons that she does. Mm -hmm. But this time it didn't work out because he actually was, or if he just looked like him. She had to have put two two together and said, yeah, this is definitely him, but 
Yeah. Why would you even bother? If you're a good con person, you wouldn't go anywhere near that situation. No, definitely not. But apparently she's not that great at conning people. True that. Did you hear her German accent? It was pretty bad. <laughs> Yours sounds Russian. That's true. <laughs> the one I did want to talk about, you, you kind of touched on it when they get kicked out, they all have to get jobs. Mm-hmm. Thing gets a job. In an office building. Who gave a hand, (laughs) a severed hand, a job? So true. I was thinking, yes, every it's it's a funny scene because he's he's really good at it and he's delivering packages at a very speedy rate, but people are freaking out, understandably, because there's a severed hand delivering them packages. But who gave him this job? Is he paying taxes? I don't know. What is there? Does he get like a severance package when he did left. Did he have an interview process, or did they just? Well, he could did... communicate. Yeah, oh. but who gave him? I just want to. I want to be there. I want to know what his benefits package was. You bring up a very good point. It's it's my biggest plot hole. <laughs> he doesn't need dental. Does not need vision. He doesn't. He's but good he has a family to support. So that's true. They they do need those. Well, I don't know if he could, they would con, uh, claim dependence at that point. That's true. And also, I think a lot of them would not want medical or dental because I think they really like uh, everything that comes with pain and agony. So that's and they not... have like a whole chemistry and pharmacy with like <laughs> every type of poison? chemical and yeah. poison that you could have. That's a great plot point. And then the other thing I put down in this, it's not really a plot hole, but during their going away party for Fester, they're doing the mamushka dance, which mm-hmm. I do remember as a child. Oh, yeah. And they pan out and show them from far away, and the stunt double for Gomez looks nothing like him. I'm pretty sure he was a 20-year-old guy. He didn't even have a mustache. Oh. They really phoned it in on yeah. the stunt double on that. Wow. It was the only thing I really noticed. Mm-hmm. In that scene, that was just bad. Did you have any more? Did you want to move on to funniest? Uh, we can definitely move on. I'm trying to figure out what my funniest was, because I wrote down some doozies. Right off the bat, I guess this, I'll go with this one. It was when they do the play, and you yeah. talked about the teacher showing, uh, talking to Morticia, and she's showing Morticia a collection of little papers that students had written about people that had inspired them. Yeah. And one picked President Bush, and somebody else picked First Lady Laura Bush, and then somebody picked Jane Pauley. Yeah. And Morticia, like, gasped, and she's like, have you talked to her parents? (laughs) Oh, my. There was a lot of those jokes, like, the opposite. Obviously, if it's scary or dark, they're, they're into it. Yeah. That's why when they tried to torture... Morticia at the end, mm-hmm. it didn't work because, of course, they love torture. Yeah. She, she was obviously, like turned on. <laughs> yeah, obviously, throughout this movie, the one thing I learned that I did not really pick up on as a, a child was that Morticia and Gomez were some freaks. <laughs> yes. But not in the way you think. It, like, they were into some things. Yeah. Yeah. So they, true. They were about each other. What was your funniest moment? I had a couple, but ultimately, one of my favorite ones was Wednesday Adams is dressed up for Halloween, and mm-hmm. she just kind of looks like herself. Just, you know, usually wearing a black dress with the white collar. Mm-hmm. And who was it? Margaret asked her, oh, who are you going as? And she says, a homicidal maniac. 
because homicidal maniacs, they look just like everyone else. <laughs> I was like, that's so true. But the way she said it. Yeah. Is so. She delivered it del- quite well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to move to the cringiest? Yes. You kind of talked about how Morticia and Gomez are into some things. And they're having, at one point, they have, like, a real nice heart-to-heart talk. And then a makeout session that you, the implication is this is going to a little mommy-daddy time. And they're in a cemetery. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was funny when they were doing it at the auction. Yeah. In front of people. And, and I was like, they're like that nauseating couple that is way too touchy-feely when you're so true around them. Mine was, other than Abigail's not-so-great German accent... Especially in that first scene where they come into the house mm-hmm. and she's supposed to be a psychologist for Fester. But it was a scene where she's talking Fester back into the plan because he started to really like the family. He loved hanging out with the kids. Mm-hmm. And she pulls him into her chest yeah. to hear her heart. And she honestly reminds me kind of how uh, Mother Gothel is in Tangled, mm-hmm. where she she's her mother... Yeah. Air quote. But she uses that guilt trip as a way to like keep them in line. Yeah. And it's just manipulative and gross. And she did that later on. She literally laid the cheesy guilt trip. Yeah. You know, where it was real over the top. So yeah. I mean mothers one. always guilt their children. That's part of their job, but but when it's against their child's best interests, that's usually where it stops, you yeah. know? Yeah, definitely. That was Pretty much all I had. I mean, I had some additional stuff. Same. Go ahead. Um, One of the things that I noticed was right off the bat, the opening credits reminded me of the opening credits from Men in Black. Yeah, the writing. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. very similar. Uh, So that was just something I thought was interesting. What did you have? I think we covered everything. Other than I did like uh, the scene where Pugsley... Steals the stop sign, and they're actively excited that there was a big crash. You get out of my head. That was the second one I had written down. Oh. Pugley's, Pugsley's obsession with removing Pugley. stop sign. <sighs> um, and then in his room, he had like 20 of them. <laughs> yes. And it was funny, because when he did it, the whole family just stopped, because you could hear like tires tire screeching, and they were so proud of him. They, they were very proud. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, there's trick-or-treaters coming to the door, and a couple of them are dressed as, like, Spider-Man mm-hmm. and Captain America. So I think that, like, helped benefit the movie in the sense that, hey, kids have been dressing like these comic book heroes for almost 30 years. Yeah, at least. So true. Um, did you have anything else? I did not. Yeah, I think we covered everything. When I was a kid, I don't know if I said this, but it was my favorite character. Did I already say that? I feel like I did. No. Cousin, it was my favorite character. Oh, okay. First of all, that hair. What kind of conditioner are you using, man? Because it's beautiful. And he was just silly. Yeah. I don't know. I wish she was in more of the movie. (laughs) We can move on if you want. We're going to move on to our awards. And we give out two awards every week, first of which is a valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who did you give yours to? I pretty much liked most of the cast. Mm -hmm. So I just gave it to somebody that kind of, I just felt like they kind of left them out a lot in the movie and they're a little bit of an unnecessary and that was Granny. Yeah. Uh, Judith Molina is the actress's name. Mm -hmm. She only had a couple lines and I, I get 
her purpose, I guess. I just don't think it added anything to the movie at all. And I don't know, like, she was just really unnecessary to me. But it was hard to choose somebody because I think everybody in that family kind of adds something interesting. So true. I gave mine to John Franklin, who played Cousin It. Aww. Which, that's why I thought it was funny. You just went into Cousin and you know what's funny? I put in my notes, I remember as a child being a big fan of Cousin Ed. Yeah. As an adult, I think Cousin Ed's maybe in a minute or two of the movie. Total scene time. You can't understand a damn thing they're saying. They're just That's... beaker from the Muppets. <laughs> and I thought they could have just cut that character altogether. I think, to me, it seemed more like... I, if I want to say correctly that he was a bigger part in the TV show, mm-hmm. his I character think so. was. So it was almost like if he was a real person, they couldn't really get him to be in the whole movie. They're yeah. like, mm, he's a little bit busy doing other things. And I do think Cousinette has a bigger part in the second one. Yeah, because I think he was, uh, kids loved him. Yeah. So I think they're like, we have to add more of him, you know? People like us. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not that hard to make kids like something. That's true. Very true. Um, Do you want to move on? Yes. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give yours to? I gave it to Angelica Houston, who played Morticia. I also did. Oh, there you go. I I will say, I kind of went back and forth between her and I loved the main cast, like everyone, but yeah. her and I was almost going to give it to Wednesday because I loved all the interactions with the kids. Yes. But the ones with her were just delightful. And I realized when I was looking at my funniest scenes, I think there was a common element and it was her. For sure. Yeah. I had written down a couple of options for funniest and a majority of them were her. Mm-hmm. And I think the just her character, she's this matriarch who already questions fester the moment he comes in the house yeah. and so does wednesday by the way because mm-hmm. they're very smart women yes and she's just you know she's there to protect her family she does everything for her husband to make him happy he's kind of like this goofy in a way like lovable guy mm-hmm. and the minute he gets depressed she's like bitch <laughs> and she goes and tries to fix it but i just yeah i loved when she was helping fester unpack Mm-hmm. And she's like, it's a crowbar, dynamite, cyanide. And she looks at him and Fester's freaking out because like, why am I bringing these weapons into this house? Right. They're going to be onto me. And she was like, as if we would run out of cyanide. <laughs> I guess that's another plot hole I will say is that he, you would think Tully would have prepared him a little more for what kind of family he was walking into. Yeah. And he was, the the first like 10 minutes he was in the house he was freaking out because obviously they're very strange and weird people yeah to the outsider but yeah i love that scene um i also liked when she takes him through the cemetery and she's very threatening but in a very calm and collected way Mm -hmm. i thought that was she could be a spy very true yeah yeah she's very good poker face yeah for sure you always pick the same people yeah Except when I said, get rid of Cousin It, and you're like, they should have put more of him in the movie. <laughs> I'm like, no. Uh, so now we'll move on to answering the question, does it hold up? I say, other than the cheesy CGI that was incorporated when they opened Hurricane Irene, 
it was a really good movie. It was. It was very funny still. Held up really well. I enjoyed it a lot. Me too. It was extremely extremely watchable for mm-hmm. a kids movie as an adult. And I I mean, I know it's partly nostalgia mm-hmm. for us, but it was still very watchable and there was a lot of parts that were funny, maybe even funnier because like we said earlier, when we were kids, we really focused on the bits that were centered around the kids and, yeah. and even Fester because he was just kind of a goofy character. Mm-hmm. But the parents, I mean, Gomez and Morticia were hilarious yeah. in their own right. And just the movie was really enjoyable. And now I'm going to go watch the second one. <laughs> we're going to have to do that. So I guess that's it. Yeah. Agree? Awesome. Uh, we appreciate you guys making us part of your week. We ask that you give us a review and possibly subscribe over on the Apple Podcast app or Spreaker or whatever you're listening Cast to us on. Castbox. Castbox. We're on google podcasts mm-hmm. we're pretty much on everything once you get on one thing you're pretty much on all of them yeah want to follow our social media <laughs> i'm just like chilling here mm-hmm. yeah just listening to ryan talk uh social media we're on facebook at ruining our childhood over on instagram at ruining our childhood and twitter at roc movie podcast a little heads up we decided to add another podcast yes. to our repertoire because why not? Yeah. Why add more work to to my day? <laughs> Just kidding. Add more fun to my day. Yeah. Um, so do you want to tell them? Or Yes. Do it. Yeah. So we're going to do a rewatch on the series, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yes. The 1990s Nickelodeon classic SNCC program. Yes. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, each week we'll be breaking down one episode, and we'll Mm -hmm. probably do something a little similar to how we break down our movies, but obviously not the exact same. Mm -hmm. I hope you will listen to them. Mm -hmm. I hope you enjoy listening to us every week, and we'll let you know when that will be available. Should be coming up here in the next few weeks, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. faux show. Faux show. So thanks for listening, guys, and uh, yeah. We'll see you next week. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and also, thank you for listening to our Halloween spooktacular. Oh. Uh. <laughs> yes. Okay, bye. Yeah, to get that in. Mm-hmm.